Welcome back, buddy, to week 14. That is 1-4. Just a few weeks left in this season. Playoff races are really getting close. These wild card races and even divisional races are getting very interesting to watch. But without further ado, we'll start it off here with game predictions. I'll start off with San Francisco at Cincinnati. I think this is going to be a great game. Uh, San Francisco has obviously been on fire as of recently. Uh, and the Bengals are coming off a tough loss from the Chargers. Um, looking back at what went wrong for the Bengals in that game, <clears throat> uh, first of all, the offense was really slow. The offensive line, I feel like, was the main problem there. Uh, Jamar Chase dropped the touchdown early. That was obviously something. And the defense just fell apart against great quarterback play. Then you go to the 49ers, uh, who just lost to Seattle, who were 3-8 and eight coming into the week. Um, they just didn't play great offense nor great defense. Uh, they sort of got handed. Uh, they got handed a turnover when Gerald Everett dropped the ball and kicked it directly to a 49ers defender. So that was a bit of a break for them. Uh, nonetheless, I think it's going to be a great game, and I'm going to take Cincinnati 27-20 at home. Yeah, I like the way the 49ers have been playing as of late. You know, still posting 23 points. They're not the they're not the 49ers that, you know, we saw two years ago in the Super Bowl because their offense is better. Their offense is better this year in terms of, you know, the passing game with Debo Samuel and George Kittle now back. It's been a, a solid offense throughout the year. You know, posting 23 against Seattle last week was not the greatest showing that we've seen them have this entire season. The Bengals obviously had a a rough loss to the Chargers, allowing them to post up 41 points on them. Um, So, you know, both these teams had rough week defensively, and I think that's going to be, you know, a big factor into this game. I think San Francisco is going to be able to contain Joe Mixon a little bit better than – a little bit better than Cincinnati will be able to contain, you know, whatever their offensive power is, because I don't think Debo Samuel is going to play. I think George Kittle is going to have a good game. So I think I'm going to have to take San Francisco in this game. A little bit more of an upset, I guess I'd say. I'm going to take San Francisco 27-20. to 20. All right, next game, Buffalo at Tampa Bay. Ian, you can start this one off. Yeah, I, I'm really going to like this game, and I actually will bring this one up in my bold prediction. I'm going to take Buffalo in this game, although both of these teams obviously have strong offenses. I think Buffalo just has the better defense. Um, Buffalo, you know, they're – they have had a couple tough losses throughout the year uh, to the Colts and the Jaguars. Obviously, a 9-6 to six game just wasn't that good. <laughs> and they're coming off the Monday night loss to the Patriots, you know, in those windy, snowy conditions. And then you look back before that, and they won 31-6 to six against the Saints, 45-17 Jets. It's been weird at times, but, you know, they're still up there as, you know, a top three, top, you know, they're a top team in the AFC. And I think that they're going to be able to continue um, showing why their offense is high-ranked, why their defense is winning them football games against the Buccaneers this week. I'm going to take the Bills 31-23. to 23. Yeah, I have a, uh, a high-scoring high game here with two great offenses. Uh, definitely you got two, what, top – I guess the highest you could go is, say, like top six or top seven quarterbacks in the NFL yeah. uh, standing across from each other. And both these teams also have great defenses. That's also one of the things. 
Uh, but when a great offense plays a great defense, usually it's great offense that you will sometimes, not always, mm-hmm. but sometimes see prevail. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I think this is going to be a shootout between two great teams with a bunch of weapons. <clears throat> uh, you get Stefan Diggs, Dawson Knox on one side. You have Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski on the other. <clears throat> and then obviously, as I said, uh, both these teams have their defensive pieces that uh, make that unit great. I think this is going to be a down-to-the-wire game. Uh, I'm going to take Tampa Bay by just six points, 34-28. All right, uh, last game. This is our Monday night game for the week, the LA Rams at Arizona Cardinals. Great Monday night game. Yep, definitely great Monday night game. Uh, Not some of the other ones that we have, but this one is one of the better Monday night games we've seen this year. Especially yep. after everything's formed out. Um, if the Rams take this one, they're just one game out, depending on tiebreakers, but they're one game out of, first. Out of, yep, out of first place. Um, <clears throat> so I think this is going to be a great game. Uh, two good defenses, two good offenses, although the Rams have struggled as of late. I believe they were, no, they beat the Jaguars last week in a blowout. <clears throat> obviously. Um, and last week, the Arizona Cardinals had the Bears beat them by 11, 33, uh, Kyler Murray looked pretty good in his return back, as does DeAndre Hopkins, just reeling in two passes, but for a good amount of yardage and a touchdown. Um, <clears throat> these defensive units, especially the Cardinals, I don't think many people expected the Cardinals to be a top defensive unit in the NFL mm-hmm. uh, in Week 14. I think this is going to be a uh, you get great weapons on both sides. Uh, Cooper Cup, uh, Van Jefferson stepped up as of lately on one side, and obviously Darrell Henderson. Then on the other side, you get uh, James Conner and Chase Edmonds, DeAndre Hopkins, and Zach, newly acquired, recently acquired Zach Ertz. Um, this is going to be one of those classic divisional games where it just comes down to the end. Everybody's watching. It's just whoever's going to play the better football in the final five minutes, and I think that team's going to be the L.A. Rams. I have them taking this one, 26-24. Yeah, last year when we thought about the Rams, we were like, oh, my gosh, this defense is you know top three. Aaron Donald just coming off the edge is just unbelievable. Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. And they haven't been that top three defense this year that we saw last year. Nope. But it's not like they're – you know, completely falling off. They're still, you know, up there as the top half of the league in terms of uh, defense. And Arizona's just caught everyone by surprise. You said that yourself. You know, they're a top defense in the NFL, and it's something that I could not have expected. I was going through a couple of old photos in my camera roll last uh, uh, two nights ago, and I had saved this one meme, one, this one meme from Ghetto Gronk on uh, IG, and it was like. After they acquired J.J. Watt, he was saying, "Don't if you weren't a fan at 8-8, eight eight, don't be a fan at 8-8-1. Eight, eight <laughs> you know, that just kind of reminded me that nobody really thought this team was going to be, what, 10-2 and two right now. And it's, it's really crazy. I mean, they're up there. And, you know, my, my Super Bowl predictions, my playoff predictions are all getting changed because of this team right now. Um, and I have to agree with you. This is a primetime divisional matchup. It is going to come down to the wire unless something grand happens in the first half. Um, and I'm going to have to agree with you. I think the Rams are going to be able to come out with this one. They're not a bad football team. Like uh, some of their old matchups have, you know, 
contrasted. You know, they've they've lost some big <clears throat> games that they should have won. They've lost some big games that they needed to win. Uh, but I think they're going to be able to turn that around this week, and I'm going to have them winning 28-26. to 26. Yeah, we have a bunch of good games. I think we're going to have a lot of interesting things. Uh, moving into our upset of the week, Ian, I'll let you go first here. <clears throat> so I almost wanted to say Jets at Saints, but then I was thinking to myself, I don't really know how much of an upset that is considering how the Saints have been playing and how you know now they're down to <clears throat> Taysom Hill. So I'm going to move into another divisional matchup, and it's going to be the football team over the Cowboys. Oh, the Cowboys went there. The Cowboys have been a good team this year. It's not like the past couple years where we've seen this NFC East just barely squeak somebody. In, or I mean, obviously, somebody has to make it. Somebody get in at 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 nine and six, nine and seven or whatever. It's not like that this year. The Cowboys are 8-4. and four. They're up there as a top of the NFC. Um, and the football team is, you know, they're sitting at 500 at 6-6. Six and six. They're not terrible. That defense is disappointed. Uh, but they're not an awful football team by uh, any standard. I think they can still win football games. I think they're down to all divisional matchups. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think the rest of their matchups on the entire season are divisional, um, or at least mostly. I know they have the Cowboys this week and then Cowboys. The Giants. The, the, they know the Cowboys, Giants coming. then Giants, then Cowboys again, I believe, right? Uh, I, know they have, I know they have a lot of divisional games. That's what I yeah. do now. And I think they're going to be able to start off that you know, run of divisional matchups on a good note. I think they're going to win this game against the Cowboys, a defense that hasn't done extremely well against the pass in terms of yardage. I think that's going to be big for uh, Terry McLaurin. As much as I like to hear that now, I'm not saying that because I got him on my team now. I mean that seriously. Um, I think this is going to be a good game either way, uh, and I'm going to have to take the football team in this one 28-23. to yeah, my upset of the week sounds a little bit crazy, and you may not even consider it an upset. But the Ravens are two-and-a-half-point underdogs this week in Cleveland. And my upset this week is Baltimore over Cleveland. Huh? Uh, I feel like in the week, what was it, week 12 game, it wasn't like Marlon Humphrey. He broke up a few passes, but he didn't have an extreme impact on this game. Obviously, he's always going to have great coverage when you don't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh but I feel like this Baltimore team is still better than Cleveland, even on the road. Um, I feel like, and I hope that this is the week that this Baltimore offense is able to get back on track, and we'll see this in our my bold prediction section. But Cleveland just isn't playing good football, and I don't think they're going to play better football. Or they may, I mean, it may be slightly better football, but I don't think they're going to play much better football than they have uh, with the Ravens loss of Marlon Humphrey. And I think this can be a week for Ravens to get back on track heading into a final stretch of Steelers, Bengals, Packers, and Rams. And I'm going to take Baltimore over Cleveland on my upset this week. Two All and right. a half point underdogs? Yep. Two and a half point underdogs. Just because we're on the road and I, I don't know, I guess. Yeah. And the injuries and all that. All right, mm. next thing we have our Boomer Bust players for the week. Ian, you can start off with the one. My first boom is going to be uh, Valdez Scantlin. Uh, he leads the team in targets. He led the team in targets in week 12 before the bye. Um, and Chicago is 23rd in yardage allowed to opposing receivers. I think this is going to be a good matchup uh, for Packers receivers. And I think that Aaron Rodgers and MVS are going to be able to connect on a big one. 
Yeah, my first boom for this week is James Robinson. Uh, Jaguars are finally more committed on getting the ball in his hands. Uh, he's been doghoused in the last few weeks uh, after he took after he had a forced fumble uh, from one of the best defensive players in the NFL, in Aaron Donald. Uh, and just eight carries last week against the Rams. The week before, eleven. Excuse me, seventeen at Atlanta, then twelve and twelve at uh, at Indy and San Francisco. And they're not really trying to get him making an effort to give him the ball to the backfield either. I think there's going to be a group effort. Even Taysom Hill came out and advocated for getting him more touches in this offense, and he's definitely deserved it to this part in the year. And I think this will finally be the game uh, for the first time in a few weeks that he will have a high amount of touches and he will produce with them. Uh, his best rushing best rushing game of the year actually came against Tennessee earlier this year when 18 for 149 and a touchdown. So we'll see how that makes an impact on James Robinson this week. <clears throat> yeah, I have to get you this one. I'm I'm really happy that Taysom Hill was able to advocate for James Robinson getting more touches. Did I say Taysom Hill? Yeah, um, I know what you meant. Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, my second one is going to be Dalton Schultz. Uh, you know, he's playing a Washington football team defense that has had you know some improvement over the last couple of weeks, but despite that, they're still really middle of the pack against tight ends. They really only had to face one elite tight end. I was going through their matchups, and now I really think about it. The only tight end they've really had to face is Travis Kelsey, um, averaging 11.3 fantasy points. I mean, surely he's still going to get the targets, and I think he'll be able to get a touchdown out of this one too. Yeah, my second boom is Brandon Cooks. Um, I feel like this Tyrod injury really benefits him. Uh, In the last three games, here were his target numbers with Tyrod Taylor. Three targets for two receptions, five (laughs) targets for three receptions, six targets for three receptions. And with Davis Mills, here are the target numbers. Uh, Half of this week was, so yeah, we'll get, he had 14 against Cleveland, but he, Davis Mills played half that game. So we'll count, we'll count that a little bit. Then 11, 7, 5, 13, 7, 6, 14. And in that time, he caught three or less, four or less passes uh, just once. And then he's caught four or less passes all three games since Tyrod Taylor's returned. I think this Davis Mills reemergence, while he may not be good, I feel like he's good for Brandon Cooks, and I see a fantasy productive week from him. Yeah, my third one is going to be uh, Hubbard, <clears throat> uh, Chuba Hubbard. I, is it Chuba or Chuba? I don't even know. I don't even know. That's why I just kind of like left it. Whatever. Uh, Atlanta has a bottom five run defense. You know, Cam Newton gets brought in and we're like, oh, maybe he'll be able to run a little bit with Christian McCaffrey out. He is not the running back that, you know, we saw from him in MVP season or rookie season. He's not like that. Um, Christian McCaffrey obviously remains out for his uh, the rest of the season. And just the fact that he's going up against a really poor run defense at Atlanta, I think he could be able to get some targets out of the backfield get some important runs, maybe some red zone touches, and I think this could be a good game for Hubbard. Yeah, my last one is Dak Prescott. Uh, Washington football team is dead last in points allowed to quarterbacks. They've been just handing them out completely, and that's over the past two games after facing Russell Wilson and Derek Carr, who both had subpar days. 
So that shows how many fantasy points <clears throat> they really have been giving up because they're still averaging 22.2 allowed uh, in the last two weeks. I think both of them, both quarterbacks have not scored well whatsoever. Um, Dak Prescott, obviously, we know he's a great quarterback, and he's always a consistent guy, but I think he's going to have a great week this week against the easy matchup in a divisional game, but I wouldn't be surprised if Washington still pulls this one out. All right, moving on to our bust predictions. I'll start off with my first one. I have Mike Evans. Uh, tough Bills defense, obviously losing Tredavious White hurts, but in a game like this, I feel like they're just, you have all those guys, but can you get to all of them consistently? Consistently, And I think Mike Evans is going to be that odd man out. Uh, Godwin had a great showing, what, two weeks ago against the Colts, or was that last week? He had a good game last week. Who did he play last week? Um... Oh, he played the Falcons. Yeah, Falcons. Yeah, he meant fifteen. He went fifteen for like one forty something. Yeah, and that's Godwin had about. a really big game too. Because yeah, had that's, a big what touchdown. that's what I'm saying. Godwin did. Oh, wow. uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember what Evans did in that game, but nonetheless, he's somewhat consistent. He's often boosted by one long touchdown. He's got an example Washington game against Washington. Um, I feel like this Bucks offense still gonna have a great game. But in the last, oh my gosh, since week six, here are Mike Evans' receptions. Two, six, two, two, six, three, <laughs> seven. So I think this is the game that his two or three reception game just falls on, facing a tough defense and a tough matchup. And I'm going to take Mike Evans as my first bust prediction of the week. Yeah, here's a big one for my first one. <clears throat> if he plays, Joe Mixon. Um, I think he's, you know, obviously he's the f- number four PPR running back right now. He's been inconsistent at times, though, in terms of his touches and his workload. I think if the Bengals find themselves down again, which I do think they do, um, I think he could find himself under 14 rush attempts for, which would be the fifth or sixth time this season that he, you know, not really, not really getting a big workload on the ground. Um, 49er defense is, top half in terms of fantasy points allowed to running backs. And, you know, like I said, if they find themselves down again, it's going to be a, a passing game for Joe Burrow to try to get themselves back in, in a, in a really crucial win. Mm-hmm. You're coming off a loss. You, you might need this win, um, you know, to gain momentum going into the last half, last <clears throat> four games of the season. Yeah, my second one, I'm going back to Nick Chubb. Uh, didn't produce – Week 12 against Baltimore, and I called that correctly. I'm going back to him here. Uh, Ravens still one of the best def- rush defenses in the NFL despite losing all the guys that they have. Uh, Derek Wolf up front, he's been a big loss, but it hasn't really shown because this Baltimore Ravens run defense has played really well. Uh, I think that continues on the road against Cleveland, and I think Nick Chubb will have a poor day once again. Yep, he's my second one as well. I mean, you talk about Baltimore being the, a top-seven run defense, although it doesn't really seem like that. You always see somebody break out for a big play against us and a couple missed tackles, and you're always like, oh, my God, our defense can't play, myself included. Um, but you, you don't take note of that run defense that really has been great, uh, keeping running backs at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I've loved the way that Patrick Queen, Chuck Clark, um, I love the way they've been able to read an offense and get to people in the backfield. Uh, that's been a very strong 
uh, a, a great strong suit of ours to keep running backs from breaking big. And if they do break big, they break big. And I think that's a problem. But uh, it's going to be another rough day for both the Browns running backs, I think. And, you know, you called it when we played them two weeks ago, and I think it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, my final one is Darnell Mooney. Um, uh, Justin Fields, this is probably the worst environment he's going to play in yet. On the road, (laughs) in prime time, in Lambeau. It's probably going to snow or something because it's Lambeau. Nobody, nobody there likes the Bears. Yeah, it's obviously a divisional matchup. Uh, I think I could have put Justin Fields, but he doesn't have much in the way of fantasy production in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, they could possibly gain Jair Alexander back this week, I believe. Um, Allen Robinson is returning. I Yeah, he is returning this week, but I don't think they're going to put him on a very high snap count like he usually would. Mm-hmm. I think that just Justin Fields, a rookie quarterback in a harsh football environment, uh, divisional opponent, I think that's going to get to him. And I think, obviously, it'll do a domino effect in Moore and Darnell Mooney, and I think he will struggle. Yeah, my last one is going to be Chris Godwin. I'm going to say the other Bucks receiver. Um, he's coming off a big game, 30, 30 fantasy points, I believe. Buffalo is, you know, sitting at top five in pass defense. Uh, and, you know, I'll talk about it in my bold prediction, but I predict a rough day for the Bucks' offense, passing mm. offense in particular. Um, I think it's going to be a big game for Leonard Fournette in order to actually keep this offense in the – keep this team in the game. Um, and, you know, you said Mike Evans. I'm going to say Chris Godwin. I think it's going to be another, another one of those rough days that he has occasionally. My all right, moving on to the bold prediction for the week. I'll start this one off. I'm gonna say that the Ravens and Browns combine for over fifty points after scoring just a combined twenty six two weeks ago. I think that uh, these offenses this may be a game where both of them break out of their recent slumps. Uh, I think it may be more on the Baltimore side, but I think Cleveland obviously will take a step up. Uh, from how they played in Sunday Night Football, even if it's only a small step. I think this is going to be a little bit more offensive. Maybe the Browns have found something that they can exploit on this Ravens defense that will help them out after playing the Ravens and then a bye week and then the Ravens again. Um, and I, I hope think, they found something with a whole week off just to yeah, play the that'd same be, team again. That, if they lose by big, that's just embarrassing. Yeah. But nonetheless, I think the Brendan Ravens have solid offensive days and combined for more than 50. Yeah, here's my, uh, here's my first one. Lamar Jackson goes back to a 2019 MVP form and runs for 150 yards in a crucial win over the Browns. Jesus. It's been rough. You know, the four interceptions against the Browns, I know we hated watching that. Um, and then you bring in that early interception in the red zone against the Steelers last, uh, last week. And you, you just, and I know you can always say if, 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 if that didn't happen, this happens. If this does happen, this doesn't happen. I know that we talk about that every week, but if he didn't throw that interception, you win the football game. You put three points on the board, you win the football game, you score the touchdown, you win by even more. Um, and it's, it just was a stupid, it was a boneheaded throw, back foot, just launching it up, hoping that someone would catch it. I'm not really sure what you're doing there, um, and that, that's, an, that's something he's got to work on in terms of decision-making. And I know he said it himself, and that's what I like. He's not like some of these other guys that are going to be like, yeah, I got to work on that and then move on to something that you know 
the rest of the team is doing wrong. He takes ownership of it. I know he works on it. How old is he? 24? 24. He's got time. He can get better with that. But I think that this week he's going to have to go back to uh, something that we know he can do, and that's run the ball effectively. Um, without running backs, you know, I know Devontae Freeman's done well, but without, you know, a surefire running back, I think he's going to have to take matters into his own hands. He's going to run all over the place in this important, crucial win. He has ran for 100 over 150 once in yep. his NFL career. Yep. He, what he, he hasn't gone over, he's he gone hasn't over gone, what, 130. I think he's gone over 130 once, and it's that 150 game. Yeah. But he has not <clears throat> had a lot of yardage this entire year on the ground. He hasn't been like that. Uh, he hasn't been that 2019. Some, game, we yeah, like, some games more than the others. Where we're <clears> like, <throat> oh, he got 100 yards rushing. Okay. Mm-hmm. This year, that's kind of like, oh, yeah, nice. Good for him. Yeah. So I think this could be a good matchup. Right, my second one, obviously, I just talked about this. Justin Fields does not reach 175 total yards. Um, <laughs> I, I'm basically just going to recite everything I just said, but shorter. Tough football environment, divisional opponent, defense getting key players back from injury, and that results in a Justin Fields bad day. All right, this one, I, I love <clears throat> I love that my mind like clicked on this one because this is a big game, one of the big games that we have this week. I know you said it earlier, two top seven quarterbacks is probably the highest he could go. Tom Brady, Josh Allen. Here's my bold prediction. Josh Allen is going to out-throw Tom Brady by two touchdowns and 125 yards. Whether that's Josh Allen has 400 yards and Tom <clears throat> Brady has 275 and Josh Allen has four touchdowns and Tom Brady has two, whatever it may be, I think this is going to be a huge game for the Bills' offense, a rough game for the Buccaneers' passing offense, because I know in my game prediction I had said that it was going to be a closer game than – you know, you would think if I just said Tom Brady isn't going to do well. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a big game for Josh Allen. He's going he's gonna to outthrow, you know, arguably the best quarterback in NFL history. That is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, that'll wrap up what we have for this Week 14 podcast. Shortly after this, I will be en route to Cleveland for okay. the game this weekend. <laughs> That is all we have for you this week, and we will see you next week in Week 15. We keep creeping closer and closer to the end of the season. Until next time.